What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Roaring Repeater Podcast on 7220sports.com. Here's Cody. Welcome into the Roaring Repeater Podcast here on 7220sports.com. I am Cody Tucker, joined as always by Jared Newland in our downtown, luxurious downtown Cheyenne <laughs> studios. Still very much under construction. Uh, hope the echo's not too bad. I think it sounded okay last week, but... Uh, we just talked to the big boss, and apparently we're going to have the sweetest studios ever when ever. this is done. Yeah. Can't wait. Pat McAfee, Dan Patrick, <laughs> eat your heart out. Yeah. Well, and we're also talking about, I think we can share this kind of stuff, talking about some plans for this, maybe maybe in, where you get to see our beautiful faces at some point, and we can share that link before we go on, and then you guys can get on YouTube or whatever, and, and then maybe be a part of the show and ask questions and and those sorts of things. So I think that would really add a, a nice element to it. Not the seeing us, but the actual <laughs> getting some questions. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, so definitely want to take this more. Or like we said last week, want to start doing it, like setting a day to do this and putting it out at the same time every week and stuff like that so you can get used to it. Because I know Mr. Joey Chavez. Yep. He stops me every time. Says, when is the next Roaring Repeater come out? And Joey... We will be more consistent, but you have got to switch your allegiances from Coors Light to Coors. <laughs> yeah. Coors Light is, you know what? Yeah. It's horrible. I had like, in Tucson, we went and ate at this Mexican joint, and I think I had like 24 Coors Lights, and uh, everybody at my table was like, you are so normal. Like, I can't believe the amount of beer you've drank. It's Coors Light. I'm Why fine. would you drink Coors Light? That's all they had. You should have switched to something else. That's all. Well, you know me. I'm a beer snob, but in the weirdest possible way because I only drink original. So I only drink Coors Light when I'm on a diet or they don't have Coors Original available. I'm not drinking Dos Equis and that stuff. So good. I can't do. I I just, I have no interest. I only cheat on Coors if it's Molson or Lone Star. Eh, (laughs) Labatt's all right. I have a buddy, Ron Hockstetter, who actually listens to the show, too. Shout out to Ron. He lives down in Waco. I believe he works at Baylor, and uh, anytime I need Lone Star, he uh, he comes up here often, and he just texts me and said his sister's coming up if uh, I need a refill of my Lone Star, because I can't find it anywhere in Wyoming. Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> uh, man, can we avoid the Wyoming basketball topic any further? <laughs> Anything else to talk about? <laughs> well, like we said, we want to get into talking about last night's performance first at yeah. UNLV. And it was funny because you and I were texting beforehand, do you 
think we have a shot. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if any team goes into UNLV and wins a game that shouldn't. Yeah. It would be this one. Sure. And there's been a lot of really good teams going there against so-so UNLV teams that get waxed. Yep. And you said five three-pointers from X, and Noah's got to score at least 25. And Hunter Thompson's got to get around his average because he always does play pretty good against UNLV. Yep. Check, check, and check. <laughs> and they still lose by 14. Yeah. They forgot something. They forgot to pack their defense. Whew. And it was brutal. Uh, the Cowboys' three-point defense has been nothing short of atrocious this year. And th- what's really crazy about it, and I know we know the injuries, we know the illnesses, we know all that stuff. Jeff Linder has made a name for himself as a defensive coach, and his teams have traditionally been so good at defending the perimeter. And this team has been absolutely horrible. Here's some numbers for you. Four of their eight Mountain West games... The other team has hit double-digit threes. San Diego State hit 12, Boise State hit 12, Air Force hit 10, and last night the Running Rebels, who are not a huge three-point threat kind of team, 11 of 20 from beyond the arc. You're not going to win a game when you're doing that. And that one at the end of the half, I mean, that was a Steph Curry wannabe (laughs) jack up, and he just nails it. Yeah. And he, he, he actually tried it again later on in the game. And it's just like, some of it's they are going in at the least opportune times for the yep. pokes and anytime the cowboys went on a run they had an answer yep and i don't know what it is jared but their big guy hall the freshman Keyshawn hall even he hits a couple of threes this team is so snake bit in every way san diego state's big man's hitting threes Boise State's big man's hitting threes. Air Force. Air Force's big man Which hits the three scout in a row. was to stay away from him. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't hit threes. And, man, he made the Cowboys pay, too. So, here we go again. UNLV did the same thing to Wyoming last year. Their big man's out there. I, I believe he hit five threes last year. It's just, there's also that. There's also just poor luck. Really good shooting by UNLV on that specific night. But the Cowboys seem to step behind. Every single time a three was put up last night, they were a step behind. Yeah. Uh, in all aspects of the game, they were just, this isn't a word, but out-athleted. <laughs> yeah, out-athleted. <laughs> um, I mean, six block shots, yeah. those end up in empty possessions for the Pokes because if I'm not mistaken, they came away empty-handed. They did not get the offensive rebound on any of those. Yeah. And if they did, they missed the next shot. Yeah. So those were all empty possessions. But – Total possessions same. was the same on both ends. So that goes to show you that Wyoming rebounded well. Yeah, they did. Uh, and everything else, they just didn't get – they missed those six shots. Yeah. That, um, you know, if you hit 50% of those, that game is a little bit different with two minutes to go. And then when the three-pointer that Xavier got a foul on – yeah that the guy blatantly kicked his legs out, wrapped one leg around X. Yeah, actually hurt X. And Linder gets a T on the deal because he's very fed up at that point. Good for him for yeah. going after the Absolutely. rest, to be honest with you. Absolutely. But Dave Hall, he didn't call the T, but he stands there like, what's going on? And he even comes over to Linder and listens to him on the next possession down, like, hey, what what's going on? <laughs> well, open your eyes, Dave. What's going on? I know you've been... You've been in the game for 40 years, yeah. uh, refing. Maybe you should hang them up if you don't know what's going on. Term limits, folks. 
<laughs> term limits. Good way of putting it. Well, you know, Jeff, too, they said on the telecast last night, he's, ha- I've never seen this. Avery Johnson's like, he's having to be restrained by the other official. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that's not only that call. That is a culmination of this entire season. Oh, coming absolutely. Out of Jeff Linder. He was just fuming. Yep. So that was rough. But, you know, the Cowboys try and make a comeback. This is one spot that maybe could have been a turning point in this. And I know the Cowboys were still trailing, but. How does Jeremiah Oden take that three when the Cowboys just hit four threes in a row to make this a five-point game, and he chucks up an air ball, basically? Yeah, Oden, at times, he's hit those you know shots, but he had two early in the game that went in and out. Mm-hmm. It was like, maybe he does have it, it, just he needs one to drop. Right, like Hunter Thompson. Exactly, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But Oden has got to quit taking so many threes and sh- sh- prove that he is an athlete like these other guys. Go up for dunks, layups, five-foot bunny jumps, yeah. your jumpers, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, trail on a play every once in a while and get some blocked shots yeah. like those athletes of UNLV did to the Pokes last night. Right. Those are most Almost every one of those, a trailer was coming and got a guy from behind and yeah. blocked those shots. Yeah, and you've, you've, you've got to go with the hot hand there, right? And when Jeremiah Oden's at his best, he's driving the baseline and just wrecking house. Yep. We don't see that enough. And we saw it last year's, you know, glimpses, and you'd go, why don't you do that? I, I honestly, and I've said it to a couple of guys before, I said, he has got to do that at least six times a game. Yeah. Drive baseline or just drive to the hoop. Yep. And if he gets blocked – most likely, it's going to be a block and a foul. <laughs> You're right. No, no question. <laughs> because he's matching up with somebody his own size, athleticism-wise, and he's, they're going to get a piece of his arm, most likely. No doubt. And you know what, Jared? The moment Max Ogbongpolo got signed in the offseason, I thought, here's that guy who's going to be just like Odin, but probably more aggressive because he played in the Pac-12 and he played, you know, AAU ball in Southern California and all that stuff. That's going to be the guy who's going to drive the baseline. And Max Ogmungpolo doesn't get off the bench last night. Well, he did get into the game because he was talking to Hunter one time. But his uh, on the box score, it still says zero minutes. So it must not have been even a minute, 20 seconds. And he played two minutes yeah. against Colorado State. Yep. Back in the doghouse? I mean, the way to get in the doghouse, and I asked him, and he kind of gave me a look like, dude, I'm not in the doghouse, you know, and that's fine if you think you're not or if you're not, but he's obviously not doing something that Jeff Linder's asking him to do. He's way too talented to not leave the bench. I totally agree. and <laughs> I don't get it. And for you folks that can't see us, we're just both shaking our heads <laughs> yeah, right now because yeah. <laughs> we don't know what to say. Yeah, I don't – I really don't understand. I know – Jake Kyman, you know, he was available from what I understand last night. He didn't get off the bench last night. Basically, they, they played eight players last night for the most part. It was a five-man rotation, six at best. I mean, if you look at those minutes for those guys last night in Vegas, 30, 30, 35, 34, 37, and it probably would have been even worse if Maldo didn't go down twice with injuries. How are you ever going to compete? And do that. And I know they're tired, and I know that has something to do with these horrendous defensive numbers, but the Cowboys are number 303 in the country at defending the three-point shot, allowing opponents to hit 36%. That's insane. 36%. And to be honest with you, you got two pretty good 
lockdown D guys in Ethan Anderson and Xavier Duzel yeah. out on the perimeter. Yeah, and, and Noah Reynolds at times. Yeah, and they're still hitting these shots. Oh, but I mean. One thing, free throw shooting improved last night. It did. 10 of 14, and Anderson was 4 of 7, which is much better than his 30-some <laughs> percent that he had yeah. been shooting from. But you notice he's shoot, his um, when he goes to the line now, he stands back about two feet from the line, mm-hmm. takes a step forward, then shoots it. Whatever it takes, Yeah, man. no kidding. I mean, granny shots if you want to. I don't <laughs> granny, care. Granny shots. Um, so, and then, you know, three-point shooting, 42% from three-point, you'll take that every night. Yeah, 14 threes last night for the Cowboys. You'll definitely take that. They shot 40%. It, UNLV, I was really impressed with their defense. I asked Linder at the end of the game, uh, you know, how much did that zone affect you guys? And then he ripped my ass and told me it wasn't a zone, and but then said it was a zone. Um, it was just a different kind of zone that Texas Tech apparently runs. But they had a guy, they had a guy collapsing every single time somebody came to the baseline. They put two on Maldo every single time. Why do you get your ass jumped by Linder and Bull? So well, much? it's never been Linder, but I got to tell you what, Jared, <laughs> the honeymoon's over. It's culmination of the whole season, it is. though. He's it is. going to get that way. So. It is. And Linder, we haven't had to, as the media member, we haven't had to get on Linder at all in two years. I mean, first of all, he came in during COVID after, after bringing in the number one recruiting class in the Mountain West over Zoom calls. And bringing back all the players from Allen Edwards' roster that you would want to come back. Yep. So what an unbelievable job that was. They were competitive that year. Maybe not with the top-tier guys like Boise State and San Diego State, but they were very competitive that year. And then last year they did what they did. But you know what a stat I saw last night that is so maddening? What was one of the Cowboys' biggest problems last year? 25 wins. Uh, it was a huge problem against Indiana in the first four in Dayton. was turnovers. This version of the Cowboys doesn't turn the ball over. How frustrating is that? Six last night. Of all stats, they're like top ten in the country in least amount of turnovers per game. Imagine if that happened to last year's team. Well, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, some of it is the ball's not in uh, Hunter Maldonado's hands as much. 24-7, yeah. Because he had to carry that team so much last year, and his legs got so tired in the end. You could just see him in the end that he was going to turn a ball over here and there. That guy was an that guy's an absolute war horse, man. I mean, he just gets beat to hell and just keeps ticking. And the Cowboys, if you're going to have an off week, this is the week to do it. The Cowboys do not play again until Tuesday when Fresno State visits the Arena Auditorium. I believe tip-off's at 8 p.m. And they're banged up. They're folks. banged up, yep. And, and they play Saturday before they come to Laramie. Yep. So... To me, I mean, I don't think it's out of the out of the question to say it's a must-win situation. I don't think that's crazy to say at all. It's an absolute must-win. And you might be sitting at home going, must-win? I mean, who cares at this point? I mean, all, they, all we have left to look forward to, the dangling carrot is winning three games in Las Vegas in March. But you need four. to build. Or four. Yeah, four. Yeah, jeez. Thanks for <laughs> reminding me. Yeah, four games in March. So... But you want to start building here. You, you know, you need to start building. And we'll talk about the CSU game here in a second because that was a nice building block in a lot of ways. But they have to beat Fresno State. There's no other way around it. They should have beat Fresno State on the road in the first game. They have to win this game. They, they have to start feeling good about themselves. I mean. And there's a chance Wenzel. Wenzel could be back. Kyman most likely will be. Yep. And of all people, Graham E.K., the last couple times that we've been able to see him, he has – 
normal no, tennis shoes on, no folks. Boot. Yep. No yep. boot. And he's, I wouldn't say dancing on the sidelines, but he's standing up. He's walking normal from what it looks like. Yeah. And he's celebrating when it, I mean, he, he's a different person on the sideline. Yeah. So let's hope that maybe he comes back. Who knows? Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the big question, right, for all Wyoming fans. When is Graham playing? Is he going to play? We don't know. And to be honest with you, I believe Jeff Linder when he tells me he doesn't know. I really believe it. I, I don't know. Personally, I think it's all in Graham EK's hands. Man. I don't think the coaches can say, hey, you, the, you've been cleared. You're going to play tonight. I don't think that's the case. I think it's if Graham wants to take the chance of coming back. Is that a lot to put on a 21-year-old shoulder when you see your teammates struggling the way they are? And every one of his teammates tells me, hey, we we're, we back Graham no matter what he wants to do. So I trust, I believe you when you say that it's in Graham's hands, but that's a lot for a 21-year-old who wants to be out there. Yeah, but when it when they're at the point of only having six wins right now, I think that you can look at the future and saying, you know what? I can save myself. Don't take a chance of making this thing any worse. Um, take another six months off, yeah. per se, yeah. and be ready for 23-24. i tell you what, I talked about this today on an earlier uh, radio show, Jared, and it, nobody's talking about this because we're in the era of transfer portals and we're in that era of you just can't count your chickens before they hatch. But if you think about it, only Hunter Thompson and Hunter Maldonado are running out of eligibility after the season. This whole entire squad could be back, aside mm-hmm. from those two, plus whoever Linder brings in, which you know is a win-now situation. So you would think those are going to be transfer portal guys and not freshmen or, or JUCO guys. Um, that's a very real possibility. This whole lineup could be back, for, minus the Hunters, and healthy next year to where I would assume this year made them would make them very hungry for next year. They wouldn't be voted in the top two or three. Yep. Uh, maybe they come back pissed off and ready to roll next year healthy. We hope. It's just it's one of those things where you just cannot count your chickens. You can't do it anymore. I mean, if this was 1999 and we had this team, we would think, oh, they're coming back. I mean, they're going to be just fine. Everybody settle down. This is a snake bit season. Throw this one out the window. Next year they're going to wreck house. But we can't say that anymore. And it's too bad. <laughs> it really is. It's too bad. Because that would be exciting to talk about. But uh, Well, let's talk about something that was exciting last Saturday. Yeah, it was. And you mentioned it before we went on the air. The atmosphere, the crowd, the everything inside the double A. I, I got to be honest with you, folks. Basketball has not moved me this year, to say the least. It's been a labor of love, really, because it has not been fun over there. That was a lot of fun. And thank you to all 6,968 people that showed up on Saturday. Yeah. That made it a great atmosphere. It was awesome. A so-called whiteout. Yeah. Um, but, like, the intros with all the the phones going off, mm-hmm. it started at that all the way through the – I mean, almost deafening noise it for 7,000 people. It was good. Towards the end when they needed it. 7,000 people, you think about it, that's Moby. Yep. That's a sellout at Moby Arena. And uh, I thought it was great. I, I heard before the game, our good friend Juan Soto for the Cowboy Joe Club told me the lower bowl sold out. And I'm like, really? It was. It yeah, good, I mean, man. and you see empty seats, of course, but that's season ticket holders that yeah. don't get their tickets in front of people. Right. So the Cowboys, of course, uh, just come out like gangbusters in that one. Um, 
they hold CSU to 21. Talk about defense. Coach Linder last night questions the effort and pride of that defensive effort last night at UNLV. That was not the case against CSU. They hold the Rams to 21 points in the first half. And this is a Rams team with – they don't have David Roddy anymore, but they have John Tanjay and they have Isaiah Stevens, and they have uh, they have the Jalen Lake kid Morris, and the Rivera, Rivera. kid. Yep. Uh, they, are, they still have a lot of dudes who played in the NCAA tournament last year, and the Cowboys hold them to 21. Not to mention on the other end of the floor, the Cowboys were tearing it up on offense. They were doing whatever they wanted. Uh, that was the most complete game by a long shot this year against a really quality opponent. And still shorthanded. Still shorthanded. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Wenzel doesn't play. Kaiman doesn't play. Obviously, EK's out. Um, yeah, and I thought last week some a guy who really stood out to me, of course, Noah Reynolds has become an old news at this point. I mean, you just expect double digits out of him. He's had 12 games and double digits this year. Uh, Ethan Anderson really played well against Air Force the week before. He carried that over to CSU. He had a really good game against the Rams, scored 13 points. He was a nuisance in the paint, to say the least. Uh, and Xavier Ducell, he's been hitting buckets. He only had nine against CSU, but what he did to Isaiah Stevens, if you, from the naked eye, if you look at that, it says what? I'm looking at it right now. It says 15 points, seven assists, 10 rebounds. The senior from Texas is flirting with a triple-double, but it was the quietest triple-double you'll ever see in your I life. I would have never thought that he had 10 rebounds. No. And seven assists maybe, I guess, but yeah, 10 rebounds, I don't even remember one of them, right. to be honest with you. Right, and that wasn't doubling him up. That was Xavier Ducell in his hip pocket all afternoon. I would have paid money to sit and watch that, and that's basically what I did. I watched that matchup the entire game. And it wore him down because Stevens did play 39 minutes, and yep. he was weary towards the end, um, and he hit just under 50% of his shots. Six of 11. And if you look back, which I did for my column after this game, Stevens, they rely on Stevens for everything. The last two games before this, he, shot, he put up 22 attempts in both games, and the one before that, I believe it was 17. They rely on this cat a lot. Xavier Ducell did an absolute bang-up job. And what have we seen out of X over the last three years, Jared? When he locks somebody down, that usually kind of takes away from his offense. He hit three threes in this one, and two of those were answers on Stevens' threes. I'll take an average of four and a half threes from him every week. Absolutely. Uh, you know, per game. And he's doing it. Yeah, because he just hit six last night and yeah. three against CSU. Yeah, Ducell did an absolute bang-up job in that game. Um, and, and then the lift of having Maldonado back and Hunter Thompson. I know Hunter Thompson gets so much guff. I mean, and a lot of it is so unwarranted, man. He's not a center. Think about what he's doing on the boards. Yeah, leading rebounder on this team. He had eight against CSU. He has eight or nine against UNLV last night. Mm -hmm. um, he's just battling. And you look back at the previous five years, it's like, Hunter – just if you would have averaged five rebounds a game. Right. Just think about where you would be in your career right now. Yeah, no question. I think Hunter Thompson probably played his best game last night. He was incredible in in every way, and he just quietly gets it done. And I know he's just a whipping boy for so many. And he just, let's be real, guys, he's not a center. He's not a guy who's going to go down there and bang with Orlando Robinsons of the world, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, but the key is to get him on the offensive end to have their big guy chasing him around the perimeter. And they can't do that. And Hunter Thompson, I don't care what anybody says, he has the sweetest stroke on this team when it when it goes in. It's it's unbelievable when it goes in. 
So he's a he gets a lot of guff that's completely unwarranted, and I, I think everybody just it's a new day and age in basketball to where people go, how can you not get in there and bang? You're six foot ten. <laughs> how can you not be pulling down rebounds and rejecting shots and stuff like that? That's just not Hunter Thompson's game, man. He's an outside kind of guy, and uh, I think he's been doing a fantastic job. And I'd, I've said it before, too. I, if he wants to go play overseas, yeah. I think there might be a future for him now. Absolutely. I think probably at the end of last season, he didn't know what he wanted to do. I think maybe physical therapy school yeah, is in Yeah, that's them, what he's doing. All that kind of stuff. But he probably has a few years that he can go make some money in Europe now. Yeah, I agree. Completely, if he wants to. <laughs> he's played mm-hmm. a lot of basketball, man. Him and Maldonado, a lot of basketball. Well, Cowboys fall to 1-7 overall in Mountain West play. And I tell you what, Jared, uh, it's still really head-scratching and unbelievable to me every time I look at these Mountain West standings and see Wyoming sitting in the cellar. It is so hard to believe with the expectations we came into this year with to see this. It's just uh, 6-14 and 14 overall. Uh, you know, CSU's down there right there with them. So is UNLV. I mean, this is a really good league yet again. And I, I watched uh, the game before the Drake. Yeah. Yeah. And remember, what's what's the guy's name that lit Wyoming up? <sighs> I don't even remember. Oh, uh, he's the coach's son, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But that guy had another great game. Yeah. And you just see guys like that out there, and and having good years, and a team that you know beat Wyoming that probably shouldn't have early on, and it's just it's frustrating to see that um, you know where the season has gone. Um, you know, even without EK, those first five to ten games, they just didn't. If they were, if they played like they are now, yeah, they they would have over ten wins. Yeah, it would have been different because there were some games in there that just they lost, and it was you're just really big head shakers at that point. Well, it's it was it's been such a weird year, Jared, because at the beginning you're like, okay, they have such an embarrassment of riches here, even without EK, that they can't he can't nail down a lineup. He doesn't know who meshes with who because this whole thing went through number thirty three. And then it's all of a sudden guys start dropping like flies and they you know, what are they on last night? Last night they finally used the same lineup. The say a same opening lineup. But fourteen different starting lineups in twenty games that tells you all you need to know, not only about the injuries, but he's trying to find a group that meshes. And correct me if I'm wrong, that leads the country? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the most unlucky team on planet Earth is what the <laughs> Wyoming Cowboys are. And I think you were thinking of Tucker DeVries. Yeah, DeVries, um, sorry. From, uh, yep. from Drake, averages yep. 19 points a game. Uh, but, yeah, that Cowboys-CSU uh, game, you know, of course, most of you will maybe remember that for the fact that Wyoming blew a 16-point second-half lead, uh, you know, like we talked about. That's a lot of guys on that Rams team that have played in NCAA tournaments. They weren't going to give this. They weren't going to lay down. And that's basketball. Yeah. Basketball is a game of runs. Yep. I mean, you can see it night in, night out. You see teams that are up double digits. The other team makes a run. Yeah and makes it close or maybe even takes the lead and wins the game in the end. It, it happens every single night. Yeah, I'm looking at my game notes from last night, late in that game, 8-0 run, 10-0, you know, turns into an 11-0 run for UNLV. Then all of a sudden, bang, 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 Wyoming's on a 9-0 run on three trips down the court, and it turns into a 12-2 run, and that's a five-point game. Cowboys made it a five-point game twice. UNLV had an answer. Wyoming had a terrible shot on the other end. And mm-hmm. then it just steamrolled after that. When Linder got the technical, it turned into five free throws. 
and just it was all over but the singing after that so with csu those guys just they battle man you knew they were gonna battle it's a rivalry game they weren't gonna lay down and the cowboys played about as perfect of a first half as you could play i believe it was 35 21 at the break uh but yeah they went on a run and they made some plays and csu is not like wyoming in a lot of ways their record is not indicative of how talented their roster is and don't get it twisted either nico medved's a hell of a good coach just like jeff linder is yep I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see these guys on the sidelines coaching NCAA tournaments for the next 20 years at, whether that's at CSU in Wyoming, probably not. It's probably somewhere else. Or but a P6 school. Yeah, I totally, I totally can see that. Yep. But you know what? The Cowboys, something they have not been able to do for so long. Before they beat CSU, Jared, it had been 45 days without a victory. <laughs> that's misery. Pure misery. They were over January at Air Force the week before, I'm in Colorado Springs. They have no clue how to close out that game. You saw they couldn't close it out against New Mexico, San Diego State, Fresno State. They have not been able to close. They closed. They finally closed. They put the ball in Noah Reynolds' hands. Make no mistake, he is the star of this team right now. And they put they put the ball in his hands. He drives to his left. He's a lefty. He makes the play, gets fouled, hits the free throw. Game over. Yep. I mean they finally figured out a way to get a win and it, it was nice it was nice to see and you kind of thought man can this team really go into vegas and i'll go back to the csu game and that play you're just talking about there i give credit to the refs for actually calling something mm-hmm. that they should have yeah and maybe it's my brown and gold eyes of course but they should have called that play yeah. a lot of times they'll, they will swallow the whistle going down the stretch like that Go to overtime. Yeah. Let's play it out in overtime. But they made a call that they should have, and they did. Yep. And I thought it was a really good call by Jeff Linder. He he put up five on the sideline. I believe Noah started dribbling at about 18.8 left on the clock. Linder threw up a five. The minute that clock hit five, here comes Reynolds, yep. and Wyoming cleared out, got out of the way, and made that a one-on-one matchup right in the paint. And Nine times out of ten, Noah's going to sink that thing. And, you know, you have to like your chances of getting a foul call, and he did, and he made him pay. Yep. CSU was in that same spot last year. Drake Jeffries had the the unbelievable foul at the end where you're like, oh, my God, he sends Roddy to the line. Roddy can only hit one. They go into overtime. The Cowboys win that game. This game is about runs, Jared, but it also – there's so much luck involved. And we saw that with the Cowboys last year. How many did they pull out of the fire last year? And if they if they don't pull out one of those games they did, they likely go to the don't, NIT. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Can the Pokes just have three or four of those instead of ten go their way <laughs> here down the stretch? I know. Like you said, if if they can get people back, and we're saying EK for sure, um, and everybody healthy going into March, that is a team nobody wants to see in the conference tournament. No. No, and we said it last year, and we've talked about it over and over again. That Wyoming team last year going into the tournament was exhausted. They had all that COVID back, that log jam of the games they missed for that COVID break, and they just happened to be, what, San Diego State at home, at UNLV, at CSU. These were heavy hitters, guys. This wasn't, you know, San Jose State over and over again, which, oh, by the way, San Jose State beat Air Force by 30 last night. So Tim Miles has... The Spartans playing really well because I was just looking at Wyoming's schedule. Fresno State in Laramie, more than winnable. Then they go to San Jose State. Back in the, you know, just last year, you would say automatic win. Uh, you know, I believe EK played like 15 minutes against them last year on the road. It just wasn't even fair. Yep. You can't do that anymore. Um, UNLV at home, 
I love Wyoming's chances against UNLV and Laramie. I, they're not going to hit 11 of 23s again, and I, you just you don't feel like that's going to happen. They're not going to hit 54% of their shots. You wouldn't imagine. But then it turns into at Boise State, at New Mexico. At CSU. Those are brutal. And then you come home for Air Force. You like to think that could be a W. Utah State at home, you like to think that could be a W. At CSU, you never know. Obviously, CSU um, wants that one back badly. Uh, Nevada at home, Nevada's playing really well, but in Laramie, they traditionally do not play well at all. And then close it out at San Diego State, which remember when we had that game circled? Oh, yeah. <laughs> at San Diego State in the regular season finale. I mean, you were thinking about going to that game. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I sure was. But boy, I mean, my how the tables have turned. But you have to you have to like the schedule aside from at Boise State and at New Mexico back-to-back. That's That's brutal. Even if Wyoming had EK and was healthy, that's a brutal, brutal two-game swing. So, I don't know, guys. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what fans' expectations should be at this point. I, I don't know. I kind of like what you're saying here. That kind of what we're saying is EK just take six months off, chill out, don't force anything, and then next year, as long as you're coming back next year. <laughs> yeah, and, and I've, I've read some things that people are a little concerned about. Well, why would he waste his year? Well, most likely he's not going to play all five years anyway. And no. I'm saying five because he has that COVID year in there. No. He's probably not going to play all five anyway. So if he only plays in eight games, six games this year, whatever it could be, it's not going to make a difference in his career. No. He's most likely going to play in, up until that last year and go overseas or take a shot at the NBA. Yeah. So. And you know what? If he comes back next year and doesn't play this year, he's still technically a sophomore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty hard to believe, man. But this team's still young. They, If they all come back, you have to love the Cowboys' chances next year if they all come back healthy. You really do. I mean, because now you have the chip. And you have the chemistry of the three transfers. It's – I mean, obviously you can see it now. They're coming together yeah. more. Yeah. Um, well, with one of them for sure that's yeah. playing more. But maybe all three of them have that chemistry. I talked to Ethan Anderson after – for the first time uh, this year, I talked to him after the Air Force game. He is an absolute pleasure to talk to, and he is really – he cares about this team tremendously. And that's the thing, guys. I mean, the the insight I can give you here is, I, you know, I'm talking to these players every week and talking to these coaches every week. They still believe, man. Like Nate Barnhart gave me a quote last week after they lost to Air Force saying, we still feel like we're the top dogs in this conference. I mean, from the outside looking in, you just go, "Are you? have you lost your mind? Um, but they do. They really believe that, and they believe that they're just beat to hell, just like they are. And they've talked about if they're, you know, if, if Graham does come back. Yeah. I mean, Look out. what they could be. Yeah. So. How about the first, like, 10-win team in – NCAA history to make it to the Sweet 16. How about that? All right. <laughs> I mean, well, it would take what, 12? They'd be at 12 wins by then <laughs> to make it to the Sweet 16. Uh, yeah, if they don't win another regular season game. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Ugh, hey it's like Coach Branch of the wrestling team. He, uh, he entered the NCAA tournament as a uh, with a losing record his freshman year and won it. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's hope. Just got hope. LFG. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, guys, uh, nothing really happening on the football front. Um, there are a couple of uh, the Cowboys picked up a walk-on, and I don't have it pulled up in front of me. They picked up a walk-on from Laramie High School this week, um, which is always cool to see. Um, of course, I don't have it pulled up here. And just they've had some off, they've made some offers to some Wisconsin guys that have mm-hmm. recently taken visits to Laramie, and you know they were there for that game on Saturday. Yeah. So they were, they saw that atmosphere and what it was, and you know, and overall weather's been good. And yeah. So Abram Bangura is the uh, the lineman. He is an offensive tackle from Laramie High School. So. Uh, Cowboys already have a pretty good offensive tackle from Laramie High School, so hopefully uh, he has the same trajectory. That would be really nice. Is Frank number seventy-five? Big Frank, that would be great. That'd be fun. Uh, The other thing we can touch on here: uh, boy, was it a dud in Orchard Park on Sunday afternoon. Really looking forward to the Josh Allen Logan Wilson showdown, and uh, it was all Logan Wilson and the Bengals. And Logan ended up with what seven tackles, but man, that was quiet. Quiet. He even hit he, – he was credited with a hit on Josh Allen, too, yeah. and I don't even remember it. I, I remember it. It was like a half a hit because yeah. somebody else was around the ankles, I think, but it wasn't a hit. It yeah. was more of a takedown. <laughs> Man, they they just – the Bills, you feel like after listening to all this national radio on the Bills, it just – it kind of feels like they're exposed, doesn't it? They just – all they have is downfield stuff and no well, real rhyme or reason. I mean, I, I sent you a tweet from uh, Colin Cowherd. And I, he nailed it right on the head. I mean, the the offensive play calling of not only uh, Zach Taylor of the Bengals, mm-hmm. but it happened in the in the 49ers game afterwards. Yeah. They just – I don't know. I, I don't know how to put it. But <laughs> they outsmarted yeah. the defense for well, sure. Well, the Bengals go into that game with three – three backups starting on the offensive line. That offensive line was probably their downfall last year. But they ran the ball very effectively. I mean, Joe Mixon was running with authority. And that line had to push every single snap. And granted, Bill's defense is banged up. We all know that. No Von Miller. All that kind of stuff. But it was – they outsmarted the defensive coordinator and Leslie Frazier. He didn't have the right call on eight out of ten times. Yeah, it was domination. Yeah. And then Burrow, they get in the ball out of his hands quickly every single time because yep. he didn't think he'd have much time, but he had all day. And oh, uh, the Wyoming is guaranteed to have a an alum in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, yeah. With Epps still alive, Deshaun Gibson, they're playing once one another this weekend, and then um, you know hopefully Logan Wilson and the Bengals can make a repeat. Yeah, and take down the Chiefs. Who do you? Uh, your Cowboys played really well, by the way. Um, the quarterback, however, um, Andrew Peasley will be available after next year if uh, if you're in the in the market for I a mean, quarterback. Plug and play. <laughs> plug and play. <laughs> I honestly, people kept sending me memes before the game, and especially after the first kick got blocked and stuff like that. I was like, I was I have l- less faith in Dak Prescott than I had in Maher <laughs> yeah. after he missed f- five out of six. Yeah, I mean seriously, I. He's a professional. He's going to go up there and kick the ball through the uprights, and he did on two field goals. He did, yeah. Um, but Dak Prescott, that just goes to show you, too, how bad the Tampa Bay defense is. Oh, man. Because he tore them apart. He sure Torched did. them. Yeah, he did. God. It's... So I think Cooper Rush 
I know Cooper personally. Maybe we can get him on the show. That ginger yeah. could have played better than Dak Prescott. Yeah, he's a great guy. Central uh, Michigan Chippewa. Oh, yeah, yeah. He still owes me from the bet we made on the potato bowl all the way back in, what, 2017? He was supposed to take a picture of himself wearing a Wyoming shirt in the Dallas Cowboys locker room, and I still have not seen that. He would have made Jay Novacek proud. Yeah. <laughs> Let's – Let's try to get Cooper on. That'd be fun. Yeah, he's a great dude. I would love to get him on. I'm, I'm so proud that he's still – because he, he was in the 2016 recruiting class, or the draft class. Mm-hmm. So he's hung out in Dallas this whole time, and he's really, he really did a good job when Dak was down. But the interceptions Dak threw were just – holy smokes, man. Wow. Cowboys defense played lights out, too. It's just – it's – And the one that Diggs dropped. Yeah, yeah could have been an interception and so. you know what i'm i'm one of those very rare people that i'm not a i don't like the cowboys but i don't hate them at all i lived in dallas when they beat the bills i believe the second time in the super bowl so uh everybody at school's wearing dallas stuff head to toe and just kind of you couldn't help but get caught up in the uh the moment there with how good that dynasty was so i don't hate the cowboys at all and i was really uh really hoping they'd win that game i still hate the 49ers from beating denver 55 to 10 in the super bowl so i will always hate san francisco very proud however of Tashawn gibson i mean that guy just his father time doesn't have anything on that cat he's still playing so well i mean and, he could have had a pick yeah. against josh and then he batted that other one down that was ended up being an penalty anyway on the offense but yeah he played really well yeah he's a damn good player and marcus epps is just doing it week in and week out and playing every snap for the philadelphia eagles he is an iron man a really good player and that's a guy when he first started when i do that cowboys and the pros story every week i look on twitter to see what any of the beat writers are saying about marcus epps if anything the fans were just brutal to him when he first came to Philly. And they were brutal to him in Minnesota, too, just like they are with Andrew Wingert in Jacksonville. It was obviously toned down a lot this year because Jacksonville played better. Speaking of Wingert, did you see him make the Jimmy Fallon? No, I didn't. (laughs) He does a thing where he'll show a picture of a player and he'll say, this guy's most likely to whatever. Uh, Wingert's was most likely to uh, eat a beer can. (laughs) Or something a, like that. Yeah. Something like that. It was pretty it. funny. I believe that. I actually believe that. That's good. Uh who you got in the Super Bowl? I am going to say Bengals Niners. And Bengals win it. Boy. Now obviously we're three weeks away, two and a half weeks away yeah. from the Super Bowl, but Bengals have some uh, payback for the 49ers after all these years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they still hate the 49ers too, but I tell you what, I'd love to see the Eagles, and I was fortunate to cover Jalen Hurts for two of his seasons at Channel View High School in uh, in the Houston, greater Houston area, and Jalen is just a class act dude. Uh, I got to be honest with you, the first time I saw him play, he was a junior at Channel View, and I'm like, that guy's already recruited by Alabama? Like, Nick Saban, he's not going to be the quarterback at Alabama. Cody, that's why you're behind a mic. Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> look, I mean, what he did. No kidding. What he did and what he's continued to do. I mean, who the hell thought he would come into Philly, the toughest sports town in this country, and win over that fan base and be a really, really good quarterback. Not just a game manager either, a really good quarterback. And he's obviously in the running for the MVP. I did hear today Josh is also in the running for the MVP. I would assume that is not even an option. Um, and, and not that Josh had a bad year. I mean, he threw for the second most yards and – I mean, imagine if our quarterbacks back in the day put up these numbers that these guys are 
Josh threw 35 touchdown passes and 4,000 and some yards. And way he doesn't too even, many turnovers. Though. Way too many. But in, he doesn't even have a shot at the MVP. Yeah. Imagine if Elway and, and Igman were doing that year in and year out. I mean, what was their best years? Maybe 24 touchdown passes? Maybe. Maybe. Speaking of, you're talking about MVPs and stuff like that. I'm listening to uh, Jimmy Johnson's book mm-hmm. um, right now. And he's getting into where he just took the uh, Miami job after two years at Fox uh, and coming back because he wanted to, you know, give it one more chance. He was talking about Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. And the first time they were all working out, Dan, Jimmy wanted to uh, say, all right, take a couple laps around the field, guys, get warmed up. Dan comes over to him and says, coach, if I run two laps, I'm not going to be able to practice. <laughs> That's how bad his knees were. <laughs> well, Jimmy was known for being tough yes. with those Cowboys teams. Oh, there are some great stories about releasing guys because one guy was sleeping in a meeting and he woke him up and told him to go get his papers from so-and-so. Didn't he do something to – I watched his football life. Didn't he do something to a guy who was on the other opposite practice field or something, like kicked him off the team? uh, He was like warm farting around with a ball or something. I don't know if I've heard that one yet. (laughs) He was tough. He talked about a recruit when he was at Oklahoma State, though. He said that had him over to their house. They had white carpet, had some barbecue. This kid spills some barbecue on the floor, looks down at it, and just keeps walking. He made up his mind at that moment, and he was like a top quarterback and said he wasn't going to take him, wow. let him go somewhere else. Did, he name, his, did he name him? He did not oh. because of his character. Yeah. He said, the guy didn't even say, hey, Offer. I'm really sorry. Can I help clean this up? Just Good for him. walking. I'd do the same damn yep. thing. I love it. I love it. So, you anyway. know what I want? I was just talking to somebody about the Dallas Cowboys teams of the 90s where, you know, they and I'd love to hear Jimmy's take on this. They got in more trouble than any other team in my recollection off the field, not to mention having basically a whorehouse right off of, <laughs> right by their practice facility. I would love to hear his take on how the hell he let that stuff go on. I'm in the spot right now to where his divorce from Dallas and Jerry Jones – and then he went on to uh, Miami, and he's just getting ready to um, retire for good. He talks about how he was at some owners' meetings, and um, he overheard uh, some people saying that Jerry was out drinking the night before and saying um, that he didn't want to give Jimmy any credit, that 500 coaches could have took those two teams to the Super Bowl. After how bad they were? Yeah. So he confronted him and said, 500 coaches, huh? And then, then he leaves and stuff like that. And then here, enter Barry Switzer. He wins it, and he goes, "Well, I guess you were right." Because <laughs> he said Barry hadn't been in coaching for so long, no experience in the NFL. Yeah, and he takes him to a Super Bowl. You know what Barry did though? Nothing. No, he let him play. He let him do what yeah. Jimmy did. And, and the same can be said for the University of Miami. All the guys that came after Jimmy. Yeah, let them play. Yep. Let them do their thing. Um, I would love to see a 30 for 30 on those Dallas teams. I would love it. I'm really surprised they haven't come out with one yet. It was so good. I mean, just the trouble. I mean, I'd be I, when I lived in Dallas, you'd be watching the TV, and there's Michael Irvin in court <laughs> for cocaine. With a mound of snow in front of Exactly. Him. And it was just like, man, yeah. these, and these guys just turn it on when the lights come on. So they were they were a really fun team to watch. It was a really fun time to live in Dallas, Texas, when they were winning ball games for sure. So, um, yeah, really interesting about Jerry Jones. You know that guy has to be a complete pain in the ass. He's always got his nose and everything. Uh, maybe if he would quit being the GM, 
which we know will never happen. Maybe if he got the hell out of his own way, maybe something would happen. It's yeah. worth a try at this point. Well, he's it? under a lot of scrutiny right now. I mean, yeah. once again, they're talking about how he just needs to step aside, yep. relinquish all GM. And the bad thing is, though, his son Steven's a GM, so <laughs> it's – it's horrible. It's worth a shot, right? What, 95 is the last time they were in an NFC title game, let alone a Super Bowl? Well, the other day was the first time at Tampa they won a road game, Jeez. a road playoff game since 95. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, and it can happen just like that, man. So if your team ever makes it to the Super Bowl or the World Series or any of that, I'm still waiting on the Sab- Sabres made the Stanley Cup Finals in 1999. Uh, Brett Hull's skate is still in the crease to this very day. I thought, oh, they'll be back, you know. It, I was sad. Don't get me wrong. Lots of tears that night, but I'm like, they'll be back. Haven't been back since. So do not take for granted. Bengals fans know all too well. Do not take it for granted. <laughs> and I learned that living in Detroit when I would cry about how bad Denver was all of a sudden. Lions fans don't really feel too bad for you. <laughs> so you're taking the Eagles? Yeah. I am. I'd like to see the Eagles in this thing. Uh, would love to see Marcus Epps. Got to know Marcus Epps at a charity softball game a couple summers ago. I obviously didn't cover him when he was at Wyoming, but just talk about a humble dude. Just works his tail yeah. off. Uh, really like him. And, of course, being a Phillies fan, I have the you know the kindred spirit with Eagles fans. Yeah. They're obviously cut from the same cloth. So and Then you're taking the Bengals, too? Yeah, but I'd like that. to see the Bengals win this. Yeah. I would love to see it. Um uh, and I'm hoping to talk to Logan. Did talk to Logan a little bit last week after the uh, <laughs> that song came out about him. Uh, not much, but just a little bit. Uh, try not to bother Logan. Um, but I was so blessed to cover his, you know, last, what, three years in Laramie. Uh, such a great guy and such a great ambassador for the state. I would love to see him show up at a, one of these late basketball games with a ring on his finger. It would be so cool. That would be funny. Uh, he's just such, yep. a, such a great human being. Um, so... Plan on talking to him. I mean, hell, he talked to me on the phone last year. The day before the Super Bowl, he's sitting in a hotel room in Los Angeles. And I'm like, I'm the one who's trying to force him off the phone. And it's not because he's chatty Cathy or anything, but I'm like, I feel so guilty. Your whole family's in town. This is the biggest weekend of your life. And he's like, you're cool, man. We're, we're fine. I will throw out a shameless plug. He said I'm his favorite. I'm his favorite reporter he's ever dealt with his entire life. Yeah, you are. That's not, that's not bad. I, I should make a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Logan's favorite reporter yep. at Wyoming. Yep. <laughs> I actually asked him, I was like, even after all these guys you've dealt with in the NFL, he goes, especially after all these guys I've dealt with. Yeah, in the I'm NFL. sure some of those guys are ruthless. Yeah, no doubt. So. so Logan's a fantastic story. Just love that guy to death. I really would love to see him win it, especially how cool would it be to see him late in a game against the Eagles or the Niners get a pick after what happened to him in last year's Super Bowl. He did not hold Cooper Cup. And he's on Cooper Cup. Does that yep. mean anything to officiating? <laughs> I mean, that's the best wide receiver on planet Earth, and this linebacker is covering him like a blanket. Yep. So, yeah, uh, we do next week, so we'll be on next Wednesday. Uh, get this thing out. Next Wednesday is official signing day for the football team. Uh, have some football news, hopefully. Uh, yeah, have some football news. They have signed a few guys. I know that uh, sources have told me they are absolutely on a wide receiver, so it's going to be one of these last-second things. Think about it, man. There's still, what, thousands of people in the transfer portal. And they are scrambling to find a home right now. So, really, it's your pick. I mean, the ball is in Wyoming's court 100% here. They don't have to take anybody they don't want to yep. here. So, they're not going to take a guy just to take a guy either. So, um, yeah, we'll have some football news. Plus, Wyoming basketball will be playing Fresno State on Tuesday night. Uh, I'm going to call that a win. After Wyoming beats 
the Bulldogs on Tuesday night. We're going to have some good stuff to talk about next Wednesday. Also, we will know your Super Bowl matchup. And uh, like we've talked about soon, when this whole uh, reclamation project is done inside the studios here, uh, getting some guests on, uh, maybe maybe doing some visual stuff for the show and getting you more involved in the show, um, maybe we could even bring it on to where we, we can start getting phone calls or something like that. Uh, really start bringing it in and really start making this uh, – more of a important deal, I guess. I am very guilty of being way more of a writer than getting behind a microphone. I would much rather do that. <laughs> You're good at it. Uh, I don't know about that, but maybe one day too. We'll, we'll uh, the Jared and Cody show. Maybe one day on on your radio waves. Take over for Dan Patrick when he retires. Oh, I don't know about that. See, what screws me, Jared, is I always wanted to be like the Howard Stern of, of sports radio. That was like my dream when I was younger, but now PC culture has absolutely massacred that, and there's no way in hell I could get Pat away McAfee's with it. probably the closest thing to it right now. Probably, and I don't even think he's that bad. I mean, like no. Howard Stern, the stuff he used to say, <laughs> now it's not even an option. Speaking of, I think Pamela Anderson was on his show today. Oh, was she? She hadn't been on there for a while. Talking about Tim Allen's uh, uh, No, well, it was that came out in her book, so she was out on her book tour promoting her book. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tim the Tool Man's not very happy about uh, her talking about his tool. That is a fact. <laughs> so, all right, before we get ourselves in trouble here, we might as well sign off. So check us out next week. We'll be back on Wednesday. Cowboys will host... Fresno State, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. tip inside the Iran Auditorium. I believe that game is on FS1. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try.